with my time with you, and I don't know how long it'll be, we're going to spend some time on the book of Revelations. But I felt like leading into it, we first got to establish that Jesus is coming. Amen. He is coming, right? you got to believe that. If you don't believe He's coming, then why even talk about Revelations? Amen? So we're going to open up the Bible, and we're going to talk about some things about Him coming. But before I do, we have a very special day this, uh, this Saturday. Uh, many of you guys signed up for uh, Serve Day, which will be Saturday, July 13th. And we're looking at about from 8 to 10 a.m. We're going to go to Westbury Nursing Home, okay? We'll have more details as we get with Tina and kind of look at all the fine print, and then I'll send out a message to everybody that signed up. Uh, we're just thinking about getting out there early. How many of y'all know it gets hot quick? You think, man, I've got to get up early on my day off? Man, come on. Listen, when you serve the Lord, how many days off you get? You gave all that away, man. We don't got no days off, man. You know what I'm saying? And this is an opportunity for us to go and love. And we got a picture of it in the cafe, and we have a sign-up sheet. So if you want to kind of see the project we're actually going to be working on, it's basically going to a nursing home that we spent many years going there once a month and ministering to those elderly people, which are amazing, okay? I mean, they're, they're on their way out, you know? They're on their way to go see Jesus and be with Him, and it's just a good opportunity to maybe do something for them to where they can walk outside and see something pretty. It's bad enough you're in a nursing home. <laughs> That's bad enough. But when you walk outside and the outside looks worse than the inside, you know, man, come on, man. So we want to spruce it up a little bit. And I don't know what your yard looks like. I know what mine looks like. I like to have a nice looking yard. How about y'all? Even if it ain't, okay, even if it ain't, maybe your dream to be able to walk into your house and go, man, I really like living here. This yard's really nice. It's inviting, okay? At least have a dream. Or either have a Southern Living magazine or something that you look at and go, wow, I would love for my house to look like this right here. We've all been there, amen? And then we start doing it, and it's work. And then we go, forget this. <laughs> Let's go inside and look at the magazine again, hallelujah. And pictures don't make me sweat, hallelujah. So anyway, make plans on that. If you haven't signed up, you can sign up in the cafe. It's on the little, little bar top right there. Just sign up, and then we're all going to meet early, and we're going to work for the Lord, and it's going to make a difference. I want this church to be a church that reaches out to the community. And it takes sacrifice. Amen? I mean, it just takes us laying aside some time to do it. And we're starting here, but I want us to be get, get so big into this to where if for some reason our church was to be shut down, the community would be like, what in the world just happened? What happened to that church? I mean, we want to reach out to the schools, the nursing homes, to individuals, to, you know, we have nonprofit organizations all around us, Friends House, Pregnancy Resource Center. We want to make it known that we're here because we help the community. We're not here to see what you can give us. We're here to see what we can give y'all. Because you know who supplies for us, right? The great I am. Hallelujah. I mean the great I am. Glory to God. He is good. He is good. He is good. So today, we're going to talk about the return of Christ. How many of y'all excited about the return of Christ? Hallelujah. How many of y'all believe he's coming back? Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, we read, him, read about him in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and he was really, uh, that was the suffering of Jesus. We see Jesus being victorious over sickness, disease, and certain things, but we see Jesus also give his life for all of us. And it was a very brutal death. It was hard to watch. It was hard to, it's even hard to read sometimes when you think about being spit on, being slapped, being mocked, being made fun of, being stripped of all your clothes naked. There's nothing wrong with being naked. Amen? Nothing wrong with it. But when you're being naked in front of a whole country, that's a different story, okay? I mean, you, you, that's not good. <laughs> we don't want to be naked in front of the whole Whole, uh, whole country. So today we're going to look at uh, and talk about the return of Christ. Next week I'm going to get into the book of Revelations. And one thing I want to say, guys, is today and next week and whatever we do, book of Revelations, the return of Christ is not scary. We're going to look at it and unpack it and see what it means. Did you know that God never gave a book in the Bible and said, you know what, I don't want you all to know this. And he never gave a book in the Bible and said it's not that important, don't spend time in it. That's the only book that says there's a blessing for reading it. The only book in the whole Bible. And what do we stay away from most time? Oh, man, I got some needs I need to get met. Uh, let me read the Gospels. Let me read, uh, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul's epistles and some promises. But there is, Revelations is loaded with promises. Amen. Many people uh, today ask the question, I'm sure you've heard it, especially if you've been in church more than two weeks. 
Uh, are we living in the end times? Is Jesus about to return? When will the end come? When will Jesus return? Has anybody ever heard stuff like that? Has anybody ever heard too? They've been saying that for years and Jesus ain't came back yet. They've been talking about that for years and he ain't came back yet. Well, that don't mean he ain't coming. Just because he ain't on your schedule and your daytimer, he's on a, he's on a schedule. And he's on God's daytimer, okay? So he's coming. He's coming whether we believe it or not, whether they believe it or not, he's coming. He's coming. But I think us realizing he's coming and us having an awareness of his coming makes us aware of our living. Makes us aware of how we act, how we live, what we do, where we go, what we see, the things we do. And I believe we're living in a day and a time to where it's almost really <laughs> real that he's about to come back. Because as a whole, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, especially in our country, has kind of put the brakes on. We're in cruise control. We're not really living with a passion of, of holiness and, and really watching what we do. We're kind of really kind of blending in with the world. You know what I'm saying? And that's not what Christ ever, ever wanted us to do. He wanted us to stand out. Did you know that there is 150 chapters of the Bible that is related to the end times? 150. Let me put that in perspective. There's only 260 in the New Testament. So that's over half of the New Testament's related to the end times. Why? There's more talked about Jesus' return, okay, than his return the second time than the return of the first time. Why is that? God has always wanted to be with his children. He's longing for the day when he has all his kids with him forever, like any father or mother would love, okay? He's longing for that day. So even though Jesus' return the first time when he came and he died for us, the second time is even more special because there will be no more dying. There will be no more suffering. If you think it's hard for us to watch the 6 o'clock news, God's been watching the 6 o'clock news for about you know, 6,000 years. And he's seeing people die. He's seeing people get killed and murdered. How would you, I mean, he, from his point of view, it, it hurts. It's hard to watch. And in 1988, when I got saved, May of 1988, they had a big thing going on. I was a new believer. And they had this thing going on that Jesus was coming back September of 1988. I don't know if many of y'all remember that, but they had September. And I'm a new believer. I'm going, my God, man, I ain't even lived. I just got saved. Man, don't come back now. You know what I'm saying? But, but they did. They had this thing going on that he was coming back. And, and to be honest with you, no man knows the hour or the day. But I was a new believer. I didn't know. I'm thinking, okay, September's coming. Hallelujah. I guess we're going to... Let me get out of here. Let me get out of here. You know what I'm saying? He never came. If anybody ever tells you that Jesus come back a certain day, just bank on it. I say this. Bet him a million dollars it won't come because you're going to win every time. Nobody knows we shouldn't bet. I know, okay? But, hey, look, if he does come, you can settle up in heaven, I guess. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hallelujah. But the reality is, guys, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back for a bride. Hallelujah. And when you talk about these kinds of things, Jesus' return, the end of the world, it does kind of sound a little bizarre. And to a person that don't know Christ, it really does sound crazy, okay? But the reality is we've got to keep talking about it. We've got to be eagerly expecting his return. Because guess what? They did before Jesus came, you know, when he came through the Virgin Mary, they were expecting the coming of the Messiah. When he came, they were excited. And the same thing with us today. We've got to be excited about Jesus so what did Jesus have to say about these things? Matthew 24, 1 through 14. We're going to read a little scripture, and we're going to try to get through this thing pretty quick because i got some things I want to get to at the end. Hallelujah. But let's pray before I read. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for this opportunity for us to talk about a very important subject, and that is the return of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord, that, that Holy Spirit, you come and you anoint the Word, you anoint our ears to hear, and that we have an expectation that our lifestyles begin to, to line up with your word, Father God, that we live the gospel, not just talk about it, and that we share the good news that Jesus has forgiven everybody and that Jesus is coming back to get us out of this mess. We give you praise and glory and honor in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. So Matthew 24, verse 1. As Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he responded, do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will all this happen? 
what sign will signal your return and the end of the world? See, they have the same question that many of us have. Okay? We all do. When you get saved and you get into Christianity, you understand that Jesus is coming back. Well, man, we'd like to know. Amen? And Jesus did give us signs and wonders. He gives us these things. So he goes on and expounds to them. He says, Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Now we already see this happening, correct? We see the tsunamis and the earthquakes and we see nations against nations. We see a lot of this going on, okay? And if you're not careful, you can just kind of say, well, why hadn't he come back yet? He said this was the beginning of the pains. It's the beginning. That means it's only going to intensify. The glory of God is going to intensify and wickedness is going to intensify, okay? So if you think you've seen and heard stuff now, just hang on. You're going to hear a lot more stuff in the days ahead. He goes on to say, Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. Is that going on today? Absolutely. Not in our country that much, but it's headed there. I mean, if they could arrest Christians right now and lock us up, they would do it in a New York minute. And I don't know the difference between a New York minute and a Henry County minute, but it's something about it, I guess, okay? But they would. They would arrest us. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. Do we have a lot of hate going on? And many false prophets will appear and will deceive people, many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. Is sin on the rise? Is people today calling what is good evil and what is evil good? Okay, that's a sign of the times. When people start looking at things, looking at sin and going, that ain't that bad, it's okay. No, it is a problem, okay? And that's what he's saying. And the love of many grow cold. We have many people in church that if we was to have a rapture like what you've seen in the picture, I don't know if y'all could see it, but it was a picture of people being lifted up to Jesus. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen that way, okay? But I did have a dream one time, and I was going up. I didn't go far, but I was going up. Now, I don't know if that means anything. I'm thinking, I'm going to hang on to that dream. Hallelujah. I was going up, not down. So, you know, we will be going up, but I don't know if we'll, we'll have our clothes on. I don't know how to look. But that would be an awesome sight on, you know, Channel 2 or something like that. Or if we could just go slow mode like they were. Woo! See y'all later. That'd be pretty cool. I don't think it's going to be like that. But hey, you know what? We can imagine. Glory to God. Have a good time with it. And verse 14 says, And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then what? The end. So when's the end going to come? So after everybody's heard the gospel in other countries, right? In third, third world countries, in, in people groups that have never had a Bible. Only them, right? See, that's where we mistakenly get deceived. Yes, those. But what about your friend at work? What about your co-worker? What about a family member? We assume everybody's heard the gospel in America. We are called to be ministers of the gospel, not church attenders. Your lifestyle should be speaking of the gospel. Okay? All the time. Why? Because we have a part to play in His end time plan of getting people to Jesus. And when that last person, and I don't know who that's going to be, you know what I'm saying? But when that last person or people group or country hears the gospel, boom, we're out of here. But until then, guys, we can't get lazy. We've got to get actively pursuing the kingdom of God. People need Jesus by the millions and we can't always look at a third world country and go, yeah, man, they need it over there, man. No, man. They may need it on your job. They may need it in your school. They need Jesus. And we've got to take that same approach that, look, we have a part to play. God could have put us in any other time zone, any time. Well, time zone too, I guess. But any time period. But he chose us today to be here right now. And I can tell you in most churches, we spend more time in strife, bitterness, angry, jealous, Inside the church, we're fussing and fighting over stuff that ain't going to matter in 100 years. It ain't going to matter in 10 minutes. And the world out here is going to hell. And they're lost. I'm telling you, it's time for us to get a vision of Jesus coming back. I know years ago, man, when I got turned on to God, 
You know, it should be. <laughs> it seems like it's been a while. But, but when I got turned on to God, I remember praying to God and saying, God, don't come back now. Don't come back now. Please, don't come back now. Extend some more grace. Because I know there's people that need Jesus. And the sad part about it is if Jesus was to pop out of the sky and he was to call his church home, I wonder how many church buildings would be full of some people still sitting there that are going through the motions of religion. Let this message hit you like it's hit me. Amen? It's a reality. At any moment, he could split that sky and he could call his church home, tell the angels to go get his people. Will you be in that group? Will I be in that group? It's just something to think about. The good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Who said that? Who made that statement? Jesus made that statement. So the end's going to come when the gospel's preached. Not when Syria bombs Egypt, Russia gets on their uh, gladiator horses and runs down and attacks Israel. No, 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 no. When the gospel is preached, put the emphasis on where it needs to be. The gospel. Amen? Not a tank, not a, you know, well, you know, they say in Revelations that there's, uh, you know, some grasshoppers. Uh, well, maybe they're going to turn it, maybe they're the helicopters, you know. We'll, we'll put the grasshopper with the helicopter. No, 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 we're not going to spend time doing all that junk, okay? That's where you get crazy, all right? Let's take the Word of God for what it is. The gospel has got to be preached, and then the end's going to come. You know, the Bible is a collection of 66 books written by 40 authors, which makes that even more incredible how it all comes together and makes sense from different time periods. And they put it all together and it flows. Over 20% of the Bible is devoted to prophecy five times as many on the second coming than Jesus' first coming. The early church believed that Jesus could come back at any moment. They lived like it because they wanted all their loved ones to know the truth about Jesus and come to know Him as their Savior and Lord. You know, the angel put his arm around some of these guys in the book of Acts chapter 1 whenever Jesus ascended into heaven. And the angel said, hey, look, just as you've seen him go, he's going to come back in like manner. Okay? So, did the angel tell them what day he was coming? It could have been tomorrow. It could have been next week. And they lived like it. I mean, they were eager to get out and share the gospel of people. Let them know about this Jesus. They could come back at any moment. Amen? And we've got to live with that same urgency. You know, Paul explains it this way in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. And we're going to kind of spend a little time on this right here. Because we're fast forward now. Jesus has already ascended. He's in heaven. And now Paul. Now Paul did not walk with Jesus, but he had multiple visions from the Master. Jesus personally talked to Paul many, many times. So what you're getting, it came from Jesus, your Master, my Master. And it says in verse 13, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. That's the gospel right there. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. So therefore, encourage each other with these words, or one another with these words. And that's what I want to do today, guys. I want to encourage you with these words. We're going to break down that, that particular uh, few verses there and expound on it a little bit. But I want to give us three reasons of why we can have hope in this world other than Jesus is king. Hallelujah. And if you trust Him, like they've trusted Him, and like many of you guys have trusted Him, you will come through. Even though your knees are buckling, even though the circumstances don't look like are favorable in your, 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 your side, it will change. Stay with Jesus every time. Hallelujah. This past uh, Monday, I was telling Kurt and Christy this the other day, some of y'all told, but I actually... Uh, had, uh, I'm trying to get some life insurance for my wife, okay? That way if I leave, she's rich and she can spend all kinds of money. How about that? You know what I'm saying? If I leave early, she'll have a boatload of money, take, you know, uh, yeah, Brandon and Sherry and everybody, all y'all out, okay? It's going to be a lot of money. So if I do leave, boom, y'all can have a party because I'm going to be partying, okay? I won't need it. But anyway, in order to do that, you know, they send people to your house to get some blood work and some urine. That's weird, okay? 
So anyway, they did that, and the results came back that I had a, a little bit of high cholesterol, really high cholesterol. You know, donuts and all that are good, amen? Come on, but we don't need to be, you know, when you get 50, I'll cut all that out, okay? Well, anyway, Monday, uh, I said, well, let's just ride by the doctor's office, and let's just see what they say. Well, the doctor wasn't available, so I was going to see the nurse. So I walk in, and I hand them, you know, uh, well, they, the nurse, you know, they all made it work where I could see the doctor. So I get in there, and I'm talking to the doctor and everything, and one thing you never tell the doctor, don't even say it, don't even mention it. Well, I was feeling a little tightness right here. That's it. Should have never said that. And if I'd have known what I know now, I would have never said it, okay? But anyway, I said, man, I just feel like a little tightness right here. And I just wanted them to look at my blood chart and see what they would recommend, maybe some, you know, medicine or something like that. Well, immediately I get an EKG. Okay, so I do an EKG. Then they actually take the EKG report and, and take it all the way back to 2011. And it was because of one little thing, and the doctor's so calm, he said, man, I've already ordered an ambulance to come and pick you up. You're going to be going to the emergency room. I said, dude, really? I'm perfectly fine, bro. I can drive. No, you ain't driving. If you drive, you're going to sign a medical release form, but you're going in an ambulance. I said, okay, all right, we'll do it, you know. And the whole nurse has changed. Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm thinking, I'm fine, dog. I'm okay. What's going on here? You know, they treat me like I'm, you know. But anyway, I did get to ride in a brand new ambulance. Hallelujah. First time ever. It was good. I mean, two young guys, they worked on me, had a great time. But I get there, and, and again, you know, nothing was really, I mean, they gave me a little medicine and all that. But again, I mean, that's just... You know, the thing of it is, guys, is we're living in a day and a time when you never know the day and hour which you may live. Leave this earth. Amen. I don't know why I said all that, but I had a point. But, y'all, you know, I'll hope, I guess. But three reasons we can have hope as Christians. Number one is the return. Christ is coming again. John 14, 1 says this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Who said that? Jesus. Jesus said that. John wrote it. Cody, he, he did write it. No, that's good. But Jesus said it. And he also said, and trust in God and trust also in me. Who are we supposed to trust when we're going through hard times? The doctor? The nurse? The hospital? Our friends? Our neighbors? No. No. They're humans. We put our trust in God. Amen? We put our trust in God. And we also trust in Jesus. It goes on to say, there is more than enough room in my father's home. If there was not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will, what? Always be with me where I am. Always, always, always. In the early church, they had a greeting that they would use when they would actually, uh, they would actually, <laughs> they would actually meet each other. It was called Maranatha, okay? And it really meant this right here, that the Lord would come. But they would greet each other with Maranatha. Like I would say, you know, to Belinda, she'd come in and say, Maranatha, Maranatha. Singing that the Lord is coming. He's coming back. I mean, that's the way they did in the early church. They were expecting the Lord to come back at any moment. And they would greet each other that way. They look forward to His, his return. Unless you're engaged to get married. Then you're like, uh, Lord, after the date. About a week after two weeks. Okay, but right now I'm about to get married. You know what I'm saying? And you know what happens when you get married? Quiet in the church. <laughs> you get to spend some time together, right? Fellowshipping, reading scripture, okay? But really, there is a lot of people that will find out the Lord's coming back and then they'll be like, well, I'm about to get married. Or man, man I just want to do this one thing. If I could just do this one thing before he comes back, we'll be good. No, Maranatha, he's coming, man. We're excited about it. You act like you're going to miss out when we go to heaven. Like down here, you're getting something better than you would get there. Really? Come on, man. We ain't losing out. It's going to be awesome, man. I tell you what, it's going to be awesome. Glory to God. Paul said it this way in 1 Thessalonians 4.14. He said, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. These are people that served the Lord while they were on earth and they died. Okay? This falling asleep is just another term for dead. They were dead. Okay? He's coming back, and the dead in Christ will, will, will be risen from the dead. That's going to be a sight to see too, man. You know what I'm saying? They got a glimpse of it in the, in the Gospels whenever Jesus was crucified, and he died, and he went down and ascended into hell. They said that there was people that came out of the tombs and walked around the city. What would you do if your uncle or your aunt or your mom and daddy said, Hey, what's going on? What you doing? You would freak out, okay, if they knocked on your door. So we see a glimpse of that in, in the Gospels, but it's going to even be on a greater scale in that day. Paul went on to say in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, he said, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven 
with a loud command, with a voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise what? First. So that means if you do die, you get to see him first. There's a benefit. Okay? And then we get caught up with him. But what I want you to know is, is God spoke in Genesis and created the world, right? God also whispers. But the greatest victory demands the greatest shout because we're going to see when Jesus comes back, the trumpet's going to sound, Michael the archangel's going to shout out loud, and the Lord is going to have a loud command. God's going to say something really loud. Why? Because the greatest victory demands the greatest shout. Jesus is getting ready to be presented His bride, the church. And just like anybody in this room, and you was getting ready to get married, your bride's walking down the aisle, there's a little bit of something that gets excited in you men. Amen. There's some of that testosterone going crazy. Amen. We're getting some, whoa, hallelujah. Come on down here, mama. You know what I'm saying? Well, Jesus is excited about meeting his bride. He's longed for this day that God would, would give him his bride because he's the bridegroom. It's going to be a great marriage, man. He's excited. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Number two, the reason why we can have hope is the rapture. Living Christians are taken away. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 says, After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord. How long? Forever and ever and ever. We'll be caught up. Caught up is just a word there or a phrase that means to seize, to catch, to take away to safety. God is wanting to take us away out of this rough place. It's just a place to where He's taken us to where we'll be safe. We'll be with Him. Hallelujah. There's four different beliefs about when the rapture will take place. Have y'all all heard different beliefs on when we will be raptured? Oh yeah. There is the uh, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, and the pan-trib. Amen? Y'all ever heard of the pan-trib? That group says it's just all pan out one way or the other. You know what I'm saying? So I'm kind of in that group. I'm the pan-trib. I just figure it's all going to work out in the end, all right? Now, I tend to believe and I pray that God lets me. I want to. I want to go through some of the tribulation. Just to be honest with you. I just do. I do. So I hope he lets me stay because I've got a picture of Jesus coming back on that big horse. <laughs> I jump on with him. Let's go, baby. Come on. I want to see the devil firsthand get it handed to him. Amen. Get slapped around. I hate the devil. Amen. I want to see him get what's coming to him. But I don't think I will be. I think, I think we'll be out of here. Glory to God. Either way. No, I just, you know, I, I hate the devil. I don't know about you guys. I hate him. Hallelujah. Jesus describes the rapture right here in Matthew 24. But about that day or hour, how many people know? No one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son. Jesus don't even know when he's coming back. So if Jesus appears to you in a vision or a dream and he says, Hey guys, I'm coming back next year. That ain't Jesus. That's the devil. Because Jesus don't even know when he's coming back. He don't know. But only the who? The Father. As it was in the days of who? Noah, it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. What were they doing then? For in the days before the flood, people were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Something's about to happen here. Noah ain't here no more. What's going on? Rain starts falling. Aunt and uncle float by. Grandma floats by. Ain't looking good. What are we going to do? Same thing with the church. Genesis on Noah, that whole account is about the rapture of the church of how God saves His church. And I'm telling you, the day that we're lifted out of here, I'm telling you, the churches, the communities, they're all going to be going, oh, oh my God, they'll be calling. I'm telling you, man, it's going to happen. You know, back when we had the 9-11 and you know, the towers fell and all that, I remember Justin, uh, my son, I think he was about 11 or 12 at, at that time, he, uh, he called me just to see if I was still here. I'm here, brother. We're good. Didn't happen. Not today. It's going to, but not today. It's true, though, guys. It's going to be a bad day for this world when we're lifted out of here. It's going to be a sad day. So let's fight for the grace of God now to be extended to those that don't know Him. And it goes on to say, uh, they entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be uh, grinding with a, with a hand mill. One will be taken, and the other left. That could be like two people at your office or at a desk and one's there and one's not. Two people in an airplane driving an airplane, one's there and one's not. It's the same thing, guys. It's going to happen all around. In the school, 
You have some teachers that are there, two at the lunchroom table. One's there, one's gone. It's going to happen all over the world. And it's going to cause chaos. Therefore, keep watch. Jesus is talking to us. Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be what? Ready. Everybody say, be ready. Because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect Him. We will not expect it. We will not know it. And all of a sudden He's going to show up. Amen? It's going to happen. Just like that. Boom. So we live a life that's ready all the time as the Lord was saying. All the time we're ready. We're living holy as He's holy. We're watching what we do. We're watching how we act and say. Well, brother, look, man, I'm not perfect. I mess up all the time. Okay, well, get over that. We know that. How long are you going to say that? We know you're not perfect. We know you got mistakes. But let's get past that all the time. Let's press in and be something that we haven't been maybe in the past. Let's be like Jesus. Let's get fired up about, man, I get to go to church. I get to read my Bible. I get to serve Him. I'm fired up. I get to live for Him today. Somebody could, you know, get their life changed because of my life today. Even in, like Kurt said, in your worst time, you could be witnessing to somebody. I mean, Jesus was as He was hanging on the cross. John, that's now your mother. (laughs) He's witnessing, he's sharing, he's loving all the time. Man, our life is not our own. We've been bought with a price. Let's don't live as ourselves and as us. Let's live for him, man. It will change everything about you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We must be ready. Number three reason we should have hope in this world is a reunion. The reunion. Christians will be with Jesus forever. 1 Thessalonians 4, 17 and 18. After that, we are still alive that are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so will we be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. We're going to be with Him forever. What does that mean? No more sin. No more sickness. No more death, anger, cancer, hurt, lack, fear. It's gone. We will never, ever experience that anymore. We won't see our loved ones go through it. We won't see our kids go through things. We will be delivered forever. If there's anything that could keep you going in a trial, a tribulation, a hurt, a pain, is to know that your Lord is coming to get you one day. He's going to get you out of here. But until then, we're going to stand firm with God and watch Him get us on the other side. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, what should we do if we are living in the end times? Dig bunkers and stockpile some food and weapons. Why? If things get really bad and someone is coming to get us, we can shoot them in the name of Jesus and for the glory of God, right? Dig bunkers. Save food. Get all the stuff together. Get ready. The world's going to get bad. we got to protect ourselves. Absolutely insane. That ain't going to happen. You cannot save yourself from spirits. You can't do it. I don't care how many guns you have. There's people really, I'm telling you, they got safes. They're ready. But man, when the military or somebody that's full of the devil pulls up on your lawn, go ahead and kiss your tail goodbye. You will be ashes in a matter of minutes. Hallelujah. I want to read you a story here, guys. Uh, I think it touched my heart, and I believe it will touch you guys too. Uh, it's about a pastor and his family. And uh, they went on a mission trip years ago to Ecuador. Has anybody ever been on a mission trip? One. Okay, this will, this will minister to you. With his family, and they were with the leader of Compassion International, a guy named Wes Stafford, okay? Compassion International is a ministry right now that's all over the world in third world countries helping little kids. They're doing a great job. They're helping literally millions of them. They don't have no family. They don't have no food. They don't have no help. But anyway, he was over there with them. And they were in one of the most broken, impoverished places that that they had ever seen. This particular house was for a single mom with seven kids. This particular, okay, it was about the size of a huge closet. You know, it wasn't big in our terms. It just wasn't big. The water would wash through when it rained in the village, picking up all the trash and urine and other stuff and would wash it through her house because her house was on the lowest part right by the dump that smells so bad. The whole time I was fighting the urge to vomit. They were in the house and he was just overwhelmed with emotion and Wes said, would you like to minister to her? The guy from Compassion International asked him, would you like to minister to her? Now, he's from the United States, and I'll tell you who he is in just a minute. He said he was embarrassed, and he just froze. He said, I was like, I didn't even know what to, where to start. 
And so there was this awkward moment, and then he graciously, Wes, from Compassion International, graciously stepped in and grabbed the precious lady by the shoulders and said this right here, I know you love Jesus, and I just want to remind you he's coming back for you. He's coming back for you, and one day you will be with him forever. Where there will be no tears, your children will never be hungry again. They will never be sick. You'll never be worried about them. No man will ever beat you. You'll be confronted by the Lord. And while I watched him minister to this lady, I looked at my whole family as he was, was in complete tears, bawling for what they're seeing. He said that when they walked outside, he was embarrassed because he didn't know what to say to her. And Wes said to him, hey, don't worry. He said, where you minister, you don't have the opportunity that I do because they know how bad this world is. And so in contrast, they long for heaven in places like this. And I will never forget, he said, if the people in our world, talking about America, only knew how great heaven was, they would love this, they wouldn't love this world so much, and they too would long to be with the Lord forever. They would long to be with the Lord forever. He said he'd never forget that moment. Maranatha, the Lord comes. He's coming. He's coming. But guys, listen. There is a world all around us that is lost, hurting, and dying. And in America, we're so easy to, to, to look at the clock. Oh, it's time to go. I'm hungry. We got food. I'm hot. I got air conditioning. We look at all these things and we think, man, you know what? The whole world is like this. They don't. They're hurting. There's moms and dads that watch their kids die. I was reading on Compassion International, and they have upwards to, I don't know, 80,000, I think it's about 8,000 moms die every year in third world countries giving birth to their babies. I mean, this is going on all the time. Babies are dying before they're 10. All over the place. And you say, well, Nathan, we should, you know, what, what, what should we do? We should live with an awareness and a compassion for the ones that God's placed us in right now, in this world we live. Because we have people in our world like that too that are hurting. Maranatha, the Lord's coming. What if the church lived like the Lord's coming? That means we was excited about Jesus' coming. And our life reflected that everywhere we went. We didn't make excuses not to go to church. We made reasons to get to church. We didn't make excuses of why we don't do things for God outside this church. We make reasons and effort to please Him. Because, you know, Paul gave us words in, uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15. And I want this to be something that, we, that, 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 that just hits us really hard. In 15, verses 51, it says, Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will be... in." changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound the dead will be raised uh, imperishable and we will be changed for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality that means your body if you are here when Jesus comes back you will be lifted up the body you have currently will be changed so it can live in forever eternity right now it can't if we see the glory of God we're gonna fall dead so we'll have a new body okay when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying, what is written, will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the application in verse 58, guys. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters at Revolution Church, stand firm. Stand firm. Let nothing. How much move you? Nothing move you. Stand firm on God's promises. Well, Nathan, you don't understand, man. It's just so hard. I'm trying to quit. And it's just so hard. Stand firm. If you mess up, guess what? God has so much grace and mercy and forgiveness, you can never empty that bank. It's full. He loves to forgive his kids over and over and over and over. The problem is we miss it, we mess up, and we run from Him. And we run to other things that can't fulfill us. They can't help us. I'm telling you, there's no drug, alcohol, there's no uh, pornographic site, there's no movie, there's no entertainment, there's nothing in this world that can give you what Jesus can give you. And as long as we make excuses of the reason why we're not going to Him, you will continue to hold on what you have. You'll keep what you've got. But I don't know about you, I don't want to be defeated. I want to say to victory, I want to say to death, I want to say to the grave, hey, where are you at, dog? Who are you? I want to look at sin and taunt sin instead of sin taunting me. Amen? But he goes on to say, 
Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves what? Fully to the work of the Lord. Not half-hearted. That's why, man, my heart for this church is excellence and joy. Everything we do in here, we're on time. We're ready to go. We're prepared. We're fired up. We're here. We're ready. Why? Because we're doing something for the Lord. We're not just doing this for anybody. We're not just playing for somebody. We're playing for the Lord. We're serving the Lord. We're helping the Lord. We're teaching the Lord's kids. We're doing stuff for the Lord. Amen? So we're fired up. We're here early. We stay late. Whatever it takes to see somebody get saved and touch. We don't make excuses. We don't complain. What? Man, come on, man. If your boss came up to you and said, hey, I'll give you another $200 to stay a couple extra hours. You'd be like, hey, I'm staying. I'm on it. Let's do it. And you would probably rearrange the plans. The Lord rewards those that work for Him. And when we put more emphasis on a natural boss, and we put less significance on a boss that is eternal and has got everything, woe unto us. Woe unto us. Fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Maranatha, the Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. Man, we've been given an opportunity. If you're in this church and you're serving in this church, you're a leader or, or you're working in this church, man, you've been given an opportunity. Don't be slack with it. Don't be nonchalant with it. Don't be like, oh, I'll get there when I want to. Yeah, man, I'll dress however I want to. Ain't no big deal. It's just church. I, ain't no big deal. Just the house of the Lord. You know, we live in a new era. It's casual nowadays. It's casual. It's casual. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to put no emphasis on getting dressed up and cleaned up, looking good, prepared. I mean, when you're studying and you're getting ready to teach the kids, we're on our face before God asking God to give us revelation. Because it could be a kid coming there that's broken and hurt. And you may have the answer they need. If you're on stage singing or playing an instrument, you should be before God Almighty praying. And saying, dear God, I may, be, I may hit a note that changes somebody. I may say a word that changes somebody's life forever. But when we're nonchalant about things, guys, I'm telling you, the presence of the Lord ain't there. I'm telling you. The Revolution Church, we're not going to play the game. If I'm all by myself up here, we're not playing that game here. Maranatha, the Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. I will not be found being slack in His presence. I will not. I will not. And though we are a loving church, I'll give you that. We are. But we've got to let our action match up with our love on Sunday mornings, on any other time. We're representing God. Maranatha, He's coming. One day you're going to stand before Him, Jonathan. And he's either going to say, well done, or come on, get on in there, I guess. And some people go, well, I'm good with that. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. You're not good with that. When your Lord looks at you and he says, hey, look, man, thank you, Pam. Thank you for going all the way for me. Thank you for coming. You know what I'm saying? When everybody in your house maybe didn't want to come, thank you for coming. I appreciate that. I got something for you. I'm telling you, when we get a hunger to serve our Lord, we get a hunger to do best for Him other than the world, you'll see your life completely change. But I see it, man. I see it in church. It makes me want to vomit. It does. I see it. And it breaks my heart. We just don't take the things of God serious. We got people on Channel 5 News wearing eight-piece suits to give us bad news. My God, if you was asking anybody to wear anything decent, man, at church, they look at you like you're, a, a, you know, a, a heret, an idiot. Serving the Lord is the greatest privilege me and you get. The greatest privilege. Am I against casual? No, I'm casual. Look, I'm casual, okay? I'm not against it. But I'm talking about everything we do in life, guys. Because you're going to be representing the Lord tomorrow on your job. You're going to be representing the Lord tomorrow in your workplace and where you're at. When they look at you, what do they see? What do they see? Are they seeing Jesus? 
There's something about you that draws them to the God you serve? Or is there something about you that goes, it's the way they are. (laughs) They say one thing and do another. Let that not ever be about this church. Because I can tell you, there's plenty of places you can go and just be a fixture on the wall. Blend in. I'm not going to be that pastor. I'm not going to be. I'm going to give it to you straight, whether you like it or not, Victor. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to just tell you like it is. Matter of fact, I've got a few things I want to tell you. And I'm scared. <laughs> but no, because I love you guys. And I love him. And I know what we do matters. Everything, every little detail. If there's a piece of trash on the floor, if I reach down here, Connie, and I get that trash, that means something. Guess who saw me do that? What if I just kick that trash underneath of him? Out of my way. Let's just get rid of that trash. It's no big deal. No. No. Everything you do is a big deal. Everything we do is a big deal. When are we going to get fired up about our Lord? Fired up. That means you wake up on Sunday, man. Whoop! Cody, I get to go to church? Oh, my, come on, man. God's going to move today. God's going to touch me today. God's going to change me today. I'm going to be an agent for God today. I'm going to share with somebody. I'm going to give somebody a high five that needed it. I'm going to give somebody a hug that needed it. I'm going to have a word. God, I ask you right now, give me a word to give somebody today. And you come ready to serve the Lord. What happens? Instead of come and sit and go, well, that was all right, sermon. Was all right. Oh, it was good. Oh, it was bad. Oh, man, I wish that preacher could find something else. I'd go to that church, but, you know, man, they just, they don't read the Word. They don't teach out the Bible. They don't give me enough Scripture. They give me too much Scripture. They preach a little too long. They don't preach long enough. Worship's okay. It ain't my song. song. When did this place ever come about you? I thought we was doing this for Jesus. Are we doing this for Jesus or are we doing this for y'all? I mean, let me know. Because if we are, I'll go ahead and drop the mic. We'll just drop it. We're doing this for Jesus. We're not doing this for Nathan. We're not doing this for Belinda. We're not doing it for Kurt, Christy, Lori, Brandon, Chris. We ain't doing it for none of them. (laughs) We're doing it for Jesus. Maranatha. Jesus could stand here and he could tell you, guys, look, the time's short. My father could tell me to come any minute. Come on, let's get with it. We got work to do. We got a yard to make look good next Saturday. We got people to touch, people to reach. I need my church together. Every member functioning, operating together. Heart beating right. Lungs working right. Kidneys working right. Everything's working right. Why? Because we're all together in unity. Got each other's back. Brag on each other. Help each other. We see somebody lacking and you ain't faithful and you kind of lagging around. Hey, brother, come on, man. Get going. Not pat them on the back and say, oh, it's all right, brother. Good job, man. Smoke another joint. It's okay. It's okay, bro. Hey, man, we all mess up. Go ahead. Matter of fact, I got a couple of doobies right here I'll give you. Here you go. Go ahead. Smoke them. Come on, man. The church wants to see real. I mean, the world wants to see real. Can y'all say amen or something? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I didn't mean to say all that right there, but hey, man, God's good, and God wants everybody to see Him. We serve a risen Savior. We serve a good God. Amen. Hallelujah. I guarantee you in heaven today, they're not all sitting around complaining, talking bad about each other. Can you believe Gabriel? My God, he always gets his way. I mean, everything he does is like, whoa. He's like the special angel, man. Oh, we don't see that. But we walk in church sometimes, man, and we got all kinds of emotions going on to everybody. Get over yourself. Amen. Get over yourself. Hallelujah. You're not the star in the movie. His name's Jesus. Amen. His name's Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. Glory to God, man. I mean, I'm in here with y'all just wanting to hear what God's got to say just like y'all do. I'm worshiping God because I need a breakthrough in my life. Everybody looking for me to come up here and go, Woo! Now, I mean, Jesus is the star of the show. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's all bow our head. Glory to God. Y'all receive that. If you're in this house today, and you have not been taking your position, or you need to get involved in a position with excellence, you need to make that decision today, I'm going to do it. Or give your decision, hey, give it up to somebody else. You see what I'm saying? 
There's people, man, that want to serve God with all the heart. And that's what I want to do right now while we close out. I want everybody just to bow your head and close your eyes. And this goes for everybody involved in this church. Or if you're not involved in this church. Because I didn't plan on saying what I said at the end. But the Lord knows. And again, this is about the Lord. And I think the Lord wants us all to take this mission seriously, guys. There's people's lives that are hanging in the balance, whether they're a teenager, whether they're children, whether they're an adult, it don't matter. It don't matter if you've got one or if you've got 100,000 people you're talking to or you're helping, okay? They all matter. And we've got to get the compassion of Jesus in our hearts to where getting up early and coming to church is not a drag. It's a privilege. And when you get here, you're excited about being here. Amen. So, Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I thank you, Lord, right now on everybody's heart right now, Father God. You're ministering to each person. And you know which ones that needed this. And I'm asking you to touch their heart. Draw them. That, Father God, we would repent and turn from our wicked ways. That we would humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. And as we do, we'll see your healing all across the land. We'll see lives touched, lives changed. We just give you praise and glory and honor right now. As you're there, guys, just repent to God yourself. If that word was to you, repent. Ask God for mercy. Hallelujah. Let us, Lord, not take the things that you have for us to do with a spirit of complacency with a slackness. But Father, we count it an honor to be able to do the things we get to do. Whether that's minister, minister, sing, sir, whatever it is in this church, Father God, we count it an honor and privilege. And I thank you, Lord, that we will adjust our hearts right now and we will turn to you and we will say yes and amen. We will do the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. And we'll be honored. Hallelujah, Father. You know, if you're in this room today and you're experiencing sickness in your body, you're experiencing some pain and hurt in your body, the Bible says we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If you're here today and you need somebody to pray with you, I want you to step out and come up here and I'll pray with you. And believe God that God will touch your body and change that situation. Maybe you're here today and, and, and you maybe struggle with you know, areas in your life and you just need somebody to agree with you and pray with you. Just come up here and stand right in the front, ladies. Hallelujah. Worship God. Hallelujah. It don't matter what it is, guys. You maybe could be struggling with lying and you want deliverance. You may struggle with gossip. You may struggle with pornography. You may struggle with whatever. I mean... That, that's not supposed to be in your life, and God wants to help you. It's a sickness. That's a disease. And if you need God to break it off of you, come up here, man. We'll agree with you. We'll pray, and we'll believe God that would be broken in Jesus' name. Glory to God. As y'all just stay in an attitude of worship, guys, just reach your hands. You know, if that's not you that's going through that, maybe you can just reach your hand and pray for these that are up here. Because I can tell you, if we live in this world long enough, we're all going to go through things, correct? Amen. And we all need each other. I mean, Kurt and Christie would be the first to tell you. You heard them say, as we rallied around them and helped them, it made a big difference in their life. Amen. Well, today you can actually help them in prayer and believe God that some things would change in their bodies. Hallelujah. What is it?